Amen. Open your Bibles now to Proverbs chapter 19. Proverbs chapter 19. As you turn there, let me say I'm glad that you're here. I love uh, Sunday nights. I think it's a highlight for me uh, of the things we do during the course of the week. And I'm glad that you're here tonight, that you made the effort uh, to be here tonight. Have you ever noticed it's, it's funny when you study God's Word, how everything starts to tie together. Have you ever noticed that? Uh, you, you have a morning sermon and it'll tie into the verses of the discipleship group lesson. And then you'll have the discipleship group lesson, and it'll, it'll tie into a sermon or something you hear on the radio. And then you're, you're reading and you're studying on your own. Now, you, hopefully you are reading and studying on your own. And it ties into the morning sermon, and all the things start to tie in together. You ever notice that? Uh, it seems to always happen. Well, it is interesting as we study in the New Testament, we keep seeing, and really it's anywhere we're studying, but we keep seeing how you live matters. How you live matters. As we study the New Testament, we keep seeing that. How you live matters. What you do matters. What you say matters. We saw that for Paul and the, the pastors this morning. Now, there is to be integrity in what we do, how we live, and what we profess to believe. Now, think about that. As believers, we are saying that we are new in Christ. Well, then how we live should reflect the truth that we are new in Christ. How we live matters. Well, isn't it wild? In our study in the Old Testament book of Proverbs, we are seeing how we live matters. Now, did you hear the difference in that? Did you get the difference in that? In the New Testament, we're seeing how we live matters. And then in Proverbs, we're seeing how we live matters. Now, maybe you didn't get the difference in that. Stay with me. Listen to this. In the New Testament, how we live matters. What we do matters. It must be consistent with the message of Jesus Christ. How we live matters. And in our Old Testament teaching of Proverbs, how we live matters. The methods behind how we live matters. The how that we, we are living matters. They are actually two very different sentences. And the fruit of the one shows up in the other. How you live is going to show up in how you live. Now, some of y'all just went cross-eyed as I said all that. Think about this. Watch this. In Proverbs, it boils down to this. We are called to live a disciplined life. And I was thinking about that this afternoon. That's what we have, isn't it? In Proverbs, we as, as followers of Christ, those that want to honor God, we are called to live a disciplined life. Turning to the wisdom of God, trusting the wisdom of God, we submit to the wisdom of God and we live a disciplined life. Now watch this. Here's what we're seeing. God says, do these things. God says, do not do these other things. And we are either going to discipline ourselves accordingly and be wise and be blessed, 
or we're going to throw off restraint and live undisciplined lives. And in that, we are foolish and we suffer for it. Really, this is a call to live a disciplined life according to the wisdom of God, to submit to God's word and live a disciplined life. Well, see this tonight. In our study, God is showing us, God is telling us, here is the structure to discipline your life by. If you follow it, you will be blessed. If you ignore it, you will suffer. How you live matters, and how you live should show up in how you're living. That's what all that says. How the method, how you live matters and shows up in how you're living. All right, let's go to our verses tonight, starting back in verse 19 tonight. A man of great anger will bear the penalty. For if you rescue him, you will only have to do it again. A man of great anger will bear the penalty. For if you rescue him, you will only have to do it again. The verse means a person given to great anger, a person that for some reason the the normal response in their life is to get angry, to get mad, will bear the penalty. That's what the verse very simply is saying. That person that is given to anger, that turns and responds in anger, they will pay a consequence. Now, what that very simply means is being angry, responding in anger brings problems, brings trouble, and that person will have to endure those problems. Now, it says not only that, but if you rescue him, which means if you help smooth it out, if you help fix the situation that their anger causes, you'll just have to do it again. And so this person blows up and they respond in anger and they cause these problems, this trouble. And if you come along and in your well-meaning heart, you say, let me fix these things, let me smooth out these things, you'll only have to do it again because they will not learn. Now, when I read that verse, I always think, man, God, God put this in here for me. When I read that verse, I, I think about this, this story. It's a true story. The first year we were married, it was in the summertime. We got married in January, and it was up in the summertime. We had been married about seven, eight months. And I'd been bailing hay for a couple of nights, and we'd had a couple of long days of long hours, and I hadn't been home very much. And I remember, and I, I for some reason think it was a Friday night, but for some reason it just works out where everything got done. We got everything done. We got the hay put away. Everything got done. And I got home early, about 6 o'clock in the evening. And I remember coming in. Everything's done. It looks like we got a couple days to slow down. It's about 6 o'clock in the evening. And I remember pulling up my pickup and running in the house. And Carrie said, my parents are going to be here in a little bit. And I remember saying, what, what do you mean? When, what, what do you mean a little bit? Tomorrow or Tuesday? And she said, no, I think about 20 minutes. And I remember we still have this problem. I said, you never told me that. Yes, I told you that. You never listened to anything. And, and I said, so they're, they're going to be here in 20 minutes. Here's the problem. We lived in a house on Gordon Street, and it looked like nobody lived there. It looked like it was totally abandoned. 
The weeds are big. The grass is tall. It just looked like the house was totally abandoned. There's grass going all over the curbs. And I remember standing there and just, I just flashed anger. And here's what I think. I remember thinking, they're going to pull up and they're going to think, here's this sorry guy that married our daughter. Look how he keeps his house. And he's not worth two cents. And look at this mess. And, and so I'm standing there and he's going to be there. They're going to be there in about 20 minutes. And I don't know, that kind of reflects on me. And so I went outside, and I got our lawnmower, and I mowed the yard in 10 minutes. You've never seen a, I mowed, I mowed the yard in 10 minutes, and then I, I took that lawnmower, and I skipped it into the garage, and I got out the weed eater. Now, I got the weed eater out, go outside in the yard, and it wouldn't start. I'm figuring now, I'm down about five minutes, the yard's mowed, it still looks horrible, um, and it won't start, and I pull it, and it won't start, and I prime it, and it won't start, and I clean off the spark plug, and it won't start, and it won't start, and it won't start, and I pull it, and I'm just getting mad, and it won't start, and then it starts, and then it dies, and then it won't start, and I get it started, and boom, 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 boom it starts back. I guess it hadn't run since we've been married, probably, and I get it started, and it's running, and the end comes off of it. The, the thing with all the strings shoots off the end. And it runs over there, and the springs shoot off, and two bolts shoot off. And I go over there, and I wind it up, and I wind it up, put it all back together, and guess what? It won't start. Won't start, won't start. I took that weed eater, and I smashed it into pieces in the driveway. I swung it over my head, and I smashed it on the concrete, and then I found the biggest pieces that were left, and I broke them into smaller pieces, and I smashed that weed eater. And I looked over, and Carrie's looking out the window, and I smashed the weed eater, and Carrie's parents pulled up. There's a weed eater smashed in the driveway. Carrie's parents pulled up. And I remember they got out of the car, and I'm just standing there sweating. Weed eater smashed up, and they looked, and I said, how are y'all? And they, they went in the house. I think Carrie passed him a note that said, please take me home <laughs> inside the house. Here's the, here's the truth of that. An angry person brings consequences upon themselves. I used to say, I can mess up things in 10 minutes and take four days to straighten back out. An angry person brings consequences upon themselves. Here's what we're learning in Proverbs. You know what? That is in our control. We like, well, you don't, that's how I live. That's how I am. We are to discipline ourselves according to the teaching of God's word. That is in our control. And if we'll submit to what God has said, it'll make our pathway straight. Let me read that verse again. A man of great anger will bear the penalty, for if you rescue him, you will only have to do it again. All right, verse 20. Listen to counsel and accept discipline that you may be wise the rest of your days. Listen to counsel and accept discipline that you may be wise the rest of your days. Now, verse 20 is a hard verse. In fact, it seems easy, very straightforward, but it's maybe one of the hardest things to actually do. Now, the first part of the verse is this, listen to counsel, listen to counsel. Now, this is hard enough, but what it means is we are to listen to the advice, to the wisdom, to the counsel of others. Now, I want to say this, but not just any counsel. There's a lot of counsel out there that will get you in a lot of trouble. 
We only listen to godly counsel. And so godly wisdom, a person that has studied the Bible, that lives accordingly, that you see fruit in their life, we are to listen to them. Now, not just listen, but we're actually to seek them out. We're to put ourselves in their, in their world, in their sphere, and we are to listen to their wisdom. Let me tell you one of the dumb things that humans do. One of the dumb things we do is we repeat the same mistakes over and over. That's dumb. That's dumb. But that's what we do. There's a saying, you've heard it, that says, history repeats itself. Do you know that's dumb? That's dumb. If this didn't work then, it's probably not going to work now. That is dumb. We are to learn from others. We're to learn from the past. Here's what they did. And we are to take in and learn their godly wisdom. Now, that's hard. By itself, that is hard. But here's the hard part. It says, and accept discipline. Accept discipline. It means this. Take correction. Take the correction. Maybe the hardest thing, and some of you are saying, well, I don't know. Listen, it's the, one of the hardest things that any of us have to do is to admit, I don't know this. I don't understand this. Here's a big one. I am wrong. I am wrong. I've been wrong. That's hard. I've been wrong. And take correction. For some reason, our prideful human instinct, that is hard for us to do, to, 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 to take correction. Here's what we do. We start to defend instantly. And I, don't, I, I wanted to do it as a test when somebody walked up this evening to say, you're wrong. And don't even tell them what and just see what they say. Well, you, well, let me tell you something. We start to excuse it. We start to explain it. Let me tell you this. Even being wrong, we start to tell folks why it's all right that I'm wrong. And I can say, you know what? I am wrong. I know I'm wrong. I see I'm wrong. But let me tell you why it's okay that I'm wrong. I'm wrong because this and that. And we start to explain it away. We are to listen to counsel and accept discipline. The verse goes on and says that you may be wise the rest of your days. Listen to that. Listen to counsel. Accept wisdom that you may be wise the rest of your days. You see, in doing that, in disciplining yourself now, in taking the correction and the instruction now, it is preparing you, here's what God's Word says, for future success. Taking correction now, taking instruction now, whatever stage of life you're in is going to prepare you for future success. I want you to see this. Look at our world. And I don't know how far we're into this, but it's a pretty good stretch. When you raise a generation that will not take correction, and the problem is always somebody else's. And you watch today, we, we're training our kids. If you get on to them, guess what? You got two parents to come and say, here's, here's this, and you'll not do that, and they're always right. When you, when you raise a generation that will not take correction, and it's always somebody else's fault, and they can't be wrong, here's what the Bible says. Their future is going to be a mess. And we like to think, well, we're going to save them from trouble. We're going to do this. My little kid's never wrong. They're always right. And, and everybody, we, we don't mess up in my family. 
if they can't take correction, and if you're raising them that way, their future is going to be a mess. Listen to counsel and accept wisdom that you may be wise the rest of your days. Verse 21. Many plans are in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. Many plans are in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. All right, verse 21, we're back to this, to this idea. We have many plans. We have, you have, I have many ideas. We can conceive many things. You know what, I want to do this. I'd like to do this in a couple of years. We, we conceive many things. But the counsel of the Lord, the word of God, the wisdom from God is what will stand. And that, that's the truth. That's really the pillar of the whole thing that we're studying. God's wisdom is what we seek. We can make plans and we can make plans and we can use human logic. But God's wisdom is what we must use. God's wisdom is what we must value because here's what the Bible says. God's wisdom alone will stand. God's wisdom will stand. We have to defer to the Bible. We have to turn to the Bible. We have to discipline ourselves according to the Bible. In this discussion of living a disciplined life, we, we have to be quick to say and we have to be sure to believe that we live according to the word of God. And that's, that's where we're back. It comes back to this peg. If you're going to live a disciplined life, if you're going to live and seek the blessing of God, you have to discipline yourself and live according to the word of God. Now, I've decided this. You've heard me say it before. But at this stage of life that I'm in, of all the things that I want to teach my kids, of all the things that I want to be sure that they know, and I, I, when Sarah left home, I started thinking, I didn't teach her that, and I didn't teach her that, and I'm not sure she knows about this. But of all the things I want my kids to know, there really is one thing that trumps all other things, and that is this. I want my kids to know, go to the Word of God. Know the Word of God. Live according to the Word of God. I may not have got this done. I may have not put this into them. I may have missed up and, and not got that done. But you know what? The, the greatest thing my kids can do when they leave my influence is to know I will search out and go and live according to the Word of God. It's no different from us today. We must discipline ourselves to live according to God's Word. Verse 22. What is desirable in a man is his kindness, but it is better to be a poor man than a liar. What is desirable in a man is his kindness, and it is better to be a poor man than a liar. Now, I want you to see this. Verse 22 means this. What people want in a person, and this is what it says, what people desire in a person is kindness. That's the word. What, what you want in a person is kindness. What we want to see in a person, what we desire, if you're going to pick somebody that, that to be your friend, if you're going to pick somebody to be your spouse, if you're going to pick somebody to spend time with, to even be around, what we desire in a person is kindness. Now, in Hebrew, in the original language, it means goodness, loyalty. It has a tie-in to loyalty, loving kindness. Probably the, the best translation, loving kindness, which is sometimes uh, 
defined as mercy. Now, let me, let me explain. Those things are really are tied together or woven together. Let me, let me explain what that means. People want a person that is good. People want a person that's not critical, not fault-finding. Well, you did that. Well, I, forgot, I didn't forget that you did that. We want a person that is good and not critical and loyal and consistent in mercy. That's, that's one of the meanings, consistent in mercy, willing to overlook your faults and be kind to you. That's what people desire, but what is the worst thing they can be? And it says even worse than being poor. Now, I want to be sure to say this. I've said it before. The Bible is not speaking ill of poor people, but it knows the culture thinks the worst thing you can be is poor. If you're poor, you've messed up. If you're poor, you've sinned. If you're poor, if you're poor, you have no wisdom. And so the culture thinks the worst thing you can be is poor. Well, the Bible says even worse than that, the worst thing you can be, wow, listen to this, is a liar. A liar. In Hebrew, it means, now listen to this person, false, deceptive, fraudulent, literally a liar. And so again, as we read this verse, see this, we shape ourselves, we discipline ourselves according to what God's word has said. We discipline ourselves to be kind, to be good, to not be a fault finder, to not be critical of others, but to express loving kindness to others. Now, sometimes we think, well, that's just the type of person they are. Well, that's just what they do. No, we have to discipline ourselves. We have to shape ourselves to be kind and good and loyal, not critical, but to show mercy. And we have to discipline ourselves to be true, to be honest, and to be real. Now, it's weird when I read that verse, I think about, I guess maybe you do, people flash to mind. And I know folks that they just lie. They just lie. And if, they, if they're just talking, they're lying. And you're just sitting there and they're saying, well, we went to Wichita and did this day. I'm thinking, no, you didn't. I don't have any reason to believe they didn't. I just think they're always lying. And so they just lie. And we think, well, that's, that's that person. Now, I think that's an indication of their heart. But listen, this is talking about us. This is an instruction for us. We have to discipline ourselves to be true, to be honest, to be real, to speak the truth, to adhere to the truth. If it costs you, you have to speak the truth. We have to apply and hold that standard ourselves. Verse 23, what is desirable to man is his kindness and it's better to be a poor man than a liar. All right, verse 22, now verse 23. The fear of the Lord leads to life so that one may sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. The fear of the Lord leads to life, so that one may sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. Listen to this one. The respect of God, the true, real consideration of God, the desire to live before him. Now, we, he sees what we do, but we actually have to be aware we are living before him. To obey him, to hear from him, to submit to him, 
to please him, to, to, to bring him glory, that true desire brings us life. Now, that, that's not some flippant thing. That is to say, you get up in the morning and your heart says, I want to be pleasing to God. What has God said about this day? What has God, God got planned for this day? How do I bring God glory in this day? And I'm living in a, in a strong consideration of God. If we do that, it leads to life. If that is you, if that is your heart, listen to me. Here's the promise of Scripture. It will be great for you. It will avoid trouble for you. It will bring peace to you. The Bible says, and you may sleep satisfied. Now, that's a picture. You may sleep satisfied. Now, what that means is you sleep without worry. You sleep without guilt. You sleep without shame. Do you know there's a reason that babies sleep like a baby? It says on top of that, untouched by evil, that you'll be satisfied in your sleep, but you'll be untouched by evil. And I want to go very slow here, and I want to explain this. When we flirt with sin, when we try to get close to sin, when we excuse sin, when we overlook sin, when we live like we don't worry about it, I'm not worried about any of those things, sin bears fruit in our lives. And, and, and if you, you know what? I want to get close to sin, and I want to see how close I can get to it. I want to, I want to excuse it. I want to explain it away. I want to overlook it. Sin bears fruit in your life. Here's what's going to spring up in your life. Trouble. Stress, chaos, angst, division, ultimately death and destruction. If you're flirting with sin and overlooking sin and getting close to sin, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bear fruit and it's going to produce in your life a harvest of those things. That is the reality. I, I, I run into folks, and sometimes I might be one of them, but I run into folks and they say, I don't understand why this has happened. I don't understand why it's always like this. I don't understand why the kids have this and this has done that and we got to face this thing again. If you flirt with sin, it will bear fruit. But here's what God's word says. If you get up in the morning and you actually are so considerate, so thoughtful of God, that you say before you get up, I want to obey God today. What does that look like? If, if you get up and you say, you know what? I, I'm so thoughtful of God. I understand who he is. I want to please God today. What does that mean for me? If you're that considerate of God, we avoid, listen, not the troubles of life, but the troubles of evil. There's troubles of life, but we avoid the troubles of evil. All that to say this, one more time, this is the best way to live. This is the best way to live. We don't have to crash into every wall. We don't have to go around and burn every bridge. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. This is truly the best way to live. If we're going to be wise, then we will discipline ourselves to live accordingly. I'm going to ask if you'll stand, please. Let's pray.
Dear Father, we come tonight. We're thankful for your truth. We're thankful for your word. Lord, I pray that there's, there's several things to carry away from this. Number one, I pray that, that we would actually be considerate of you, thoughtful of you, that we would live lives that desire to please you, to, to honor you, to bring you glory, that we would wake up and not be flippant in our obedience, in our, in our, in our reputation that others see, but that we would live for you. And then I pray that in that, Lord, that you'd bless us, that your word says that you will, we would avoid the, the trouble of sin in our life. And then, Lord, I, I come and I pray as we, as we go through this study that we're seeing each night, each time, that we have the opportunity to live a disciplined life or not, to live according to what you've said, what you've commanded, or not. And it's, it's not just some magical thing that happens. It's not something that, that, that we attended church twice and everything changed, but that we have a daily chance and choice to set our lives, to prioritize our lives, to discipline ourselves according to the word of God. And I pray, Lord, that we would take you up on that for your glory, for your name's sake. I pray that we would be obedient as you've told us to be, that we would seek to live lives that do not look like the culture as you've told us. And I pray the result would be a blessing for us, yes, but glory for your name. Lord, I pray for the folks here tonight. Bless them, encourage them. As we go back to a new week, strengthen them. You give us opportunities to point to you. I pray for those listening in some other means tonight. Same thing as maybe some of them don't have a church family around them to encourage them. Lord, you encourage them. I know you will with your word, your truth. And I pray, Lord, that there would be a fruit, a result of that, of a peculiar people that live according to your word, that uphold your truth and point to your name. And I pray that you'd be pleased in that. We love you, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.